sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way you can do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in studio today by Renee Cran. Hi, Renee. Hi, Chris. Renee and I, if in case you're wondering who Renee is, so do I. Um, <laughs> so she's do I. going to introduce herself in a moment. But Renee and I are going to be talking today about a way where um, ordinary, average Catholics can, in their everyday life, share their faith with everybody they come in contact with. Everybody. That sounds really scary. What is this? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about today on Ignition. But Renee, um, in case somebody hasn't listened to Catholic Views or other places, the the Diocese of Sioux Falls things that you do, who's Renee Cran? Um, I am Renee Kranz. Uh, I am married to Ryan uh, for almost twenty years now. Um, we are originally from South Dakota. Uh, lived in Iowa for a few years. Uh, Got the heck out of there and came back. And uh, sorry, Iowans. Can I say that? <laughs> and uh, you just did uh, good. <laughs> um, I am the uh, interim director for of communications for the diocese and the managing editor of the Bishop's Bulletin. Um, I like to golf sometimes. I like to garden. I love football. What's your handicap? I don't have one. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, I have. Ha- I have. I have hit an eagle though. Wait. If you don't have a handicap, that means that you're so good that you don't need a handicap. No. No. I have never um, okay. kept track of it to get okay. one. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but okay. yeah, I've hit. I hit an eagle before my husband did, who's golfed his whole life. Oh. <laughs> to make him very happy. Well. Thanks, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in case you're wondering who I am again, Dr. Chris Bergwald, I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the diocese of Sioux Falls, been in that role since 2002. So as you're listening to this, it's been over 18 years. Um, more importantly for 21 years, Ben Germain's husband, she's from Ohio. I'm from central Minnesota, but we have five kids who are born and raised here in sunny Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sunny. So. All right. So, Renee, uh, normally on Ignition, if this were, uh, I should say, a typical of late episode of Ignition, I'd be asking you questions about accompaniment because that's how I've been doing it, right? Right. Are you ready for that? You're not going to ask me questions oh, I'm about not accompaniment. Ask you accompan- no, okay. okay. No, no, please. So, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> so, this will be a really bad show. <laughs> <this> is, <laughs> Um, we're, we're going to, we're, we're changing things up a little bit with this episode of ignition. Um, in addition to the interview format that I often do where I have great guests like Renee, Mm -hmm. um, and I ask them questions about some aspect of faith. Um, this time I'm going to do, explain a little bit what I teased at the beginning of the show. That is how can we as Catholics, ordinary Catholics in our everyday lives, um, easily, comfortably share the faith with those around us. Mm-hmm. And your job is what, Renee? Um, I'm going to ask the questions that is probably on everyone's mind as you're talking. Um, maybe throw in an example or two from my own life of whatever you're talking about, which I really don't know yet. So, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm in the same boat as everyone exactly. who's listening. Yeah, yeah. So right Renee, I'm the listener in person you with are, Chris. Exactly. I was going to say the stand-in for the audience, but you are yeah. you are a member of the audience who happens to have a microphone right. with you while I'm talking about um, how to ordinarily, everydayly evangelize. How do you like that, editor, for uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> ordinarily, ordinarily, everydayly evangelize? You, you, you get a couple strikes there. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so... <clears throat> Just background for why uh, th- we're talking about this. One thing um, that, well, the church has always done is made disciples, mm-hmm. evangelized. Um, one thing that, though, that more in the last few decades, really since the Second Vatican, at the Second Vatican Council, and since then, the church has been more and more emphasizing how, and, and her leaders in particular, popes, have been emphasizing how the duty, the responsibility to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to evangelize, to make disciples, belongs not just to the ordained, not just to the religious, but to the laity as well. So mm-hmm. laity, those who are not um, religious or right. not ordained, not priest deacons, um, not brother, sister, so-and-so, um, people like you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the baptized who live in the world um, in our normal jobs, unlike you know you and I and and Bill at the controls over there, who uh, hey Bill, we work for the ch- for the church. <laughs> <laughs> there was Bill's thumb on video. Um, we're all called to do that. That's responsibility that you and I have. But when you talk to the average Catholic about, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't possibly how I can't do that." Well, um, I, I think what they picture is knocking on doors. Yes. Would you like to talk about Jesus today? <laughs> right, exactly, and the, and 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 because we've been on the receiving end yes. of those, and we know how uncomfortable it makes us as the door answerer, let alone as the door knocker. Right, and for me, this goes back to my reversion during college, University of Minnesota. I'm walking across campus on the way to the Dinky Dome to work at Taco Bell. The Dinky Dome, I don't know if that's there. Taco Bell's long gone from there. It's student housing now, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of questions right now, but I'm not going to ask them because it's not on topic. (laughs) I was stopped by two, um, I found out they're evangelical Protestant college students or just out of college students. um, And they were doing campus ministry work. Mm -hmm. They were were basically um, being missionaries to other college students. Um, And... That was the start of my reversion, actually. But when I first thought, when when I initially thought about evangelization, that's what I imagined: um, me stopping random strangers on the street or sidewalk, uh, and and trying to have a conversation with them about religion, about right. about faith, right. about Jesus. And that's still like that's not some people are some people can do that yes very naturally. I am still not one of them. No, I don't think most of us are. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah, it's okay. And now sometimes we're called to step outside of our comfort zone. Sometimes the Holy Spirit nudges us or pushes us and Mm -hmm. we find ourselves in those situations. But I I think for most of us, that's not the, the, the most common way by which we actually can evangelize and share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Um, in fact, there are ways in which we can do that in our daily lives that most of us don't think about. So that's that's what I really want to focus on um, in, in, in the rest of this episode. And to do, I think the way into this is to think about one of my favorite passages in the Gospels, which is Jesus walking on the road, sorry, Two disciples who are walking on the road to the village of Emmaus, just outside of Jerusalem, the day that Jesus rises from the dead and he comes alongside them. So it's mm-hmm. Luke chapter 24. So Renee, do you remember the, the story that I'm talking about here? I do. Mm-hmm. Can you like 
sure. throw this at you. Yeah. Summarize it and then I'll fill in any gaps. Yeah. Uh, if I remember right, the two disciples are walking along in the road talking about what has happened and they're rather dejected yep. about uh, Jesus dying and they don't know yet or understand that he has risen. And Jesus, of course, comes tootling on up. Tootling on hey, up. Hey, what you guys that, talking about? That's what about. the Greek says, yes. is on up. He, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's what it says in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wants to know what they're talking about and, and they tell him, have you not heard about this? And so they tell him what's going on, and he's like, okay. And, so, and he starts to teach them and open their eyes. And eventually they they actually don't see that it's Jesus until he breaks the bread in Emmaus, right, do they? Right. But they do invite him to, to come with them and, and eat and so on. So, Did, did you look that passage up? Before no, I did not. It? That was really good. <laughs> That was a great summary. Been going to church for well, the, well, 47 years, man. <laughs> but you're sort of breaking that stereotypical Catholic ignorance of scripture thing right there. Oh, you just did so. Good job. Yeah, yeah great summary. So this is, again, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. But the, as you said, the disciples, these two disciples, who might be a married couple, mm-hmm. by the way, um, they don't they don't really, like they've heard it, but, but they're, they're dejected. And they're leaving Jerusalem. So they're going the wrong way. Because right. Jerusalem is the holiest city, mm-hmm. and especially in Luke's gospel, that's where everybody's going. We're up, we're going up to Jer- Jesus. Basically, throughout the gospel, the way that Luke tells the story of Jesus' ministry, Jerusalem is the center; it's the focal point. Ultimately, that's where Jesus dies and rises again. And now these two schmucks are going the wrong way. And and when are they? Do- when are they leaving Jerusalem? Do you remember? This is a little detail that you might not remember from the account. Mm. Like roughly during the time of day. During the time of day. Well, it probably must have been in the afternoon. Yeah, because it's later it says it's towards evening. Yeah. Okay. Now, so they're going the wrong way and they're going at the wrong time of day because you don't want to be traveling when it gets dark because there's no street lights to illuminate. <laughs> there's highwaymen and robbers who are ready to plunder your goods at best. And wild camels, no doubt. Wild, yeah, wild camels <laughs> who are going to spit at you or something. So, that's it's very also, dangerous is that's what you're the, getting that's at. That's the Greek. Uh, yeah. So, so they're going the wrong way. They're going the wrong, at the wrong time of day. And Jesus comes alongside them. And Jesus said they don't recognize him immediately. Right. But what we see in, in this road to Emmaus is really a paradigm for how we can, in a variety of ways, um, walk with people. Ultimately leading them, doing our part to help them take one step closer to Jesus. Okay. So Jesus comes alongside them. Um, and what he do, what's he do first? He's just walking with them, mm-hmm. listening to them. He doesn't, he does not, hey guys, it's me. He, 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 he hides somehow. He hides his identity from them. So he's simply walking alongside them. Um, and then he asks them after he's, what are you talking about? He asks questions, walks mm-hmm. alongside, asks questions. They tell him, and actually you kind of skipped over this part. Um, what he, <laughs> he, he, what does he first do when he actually tells them things? He, he, he abrades them. He rebukes them. Oh, I think, I think right. oh, oh, men yep. of little faith or maybe even you fools. I mean, it's pretty like strong. Mm-hmm. And then he, did you not know that this had to happen? And then he opened to their minds all that was spoke of him in this from Moses and the prophets. So he gives, as some people say, the greatest Bible study ever told. Right. And he walks along with them uh, to Emmaus. They invite him in. And as you said, you didn't know, um, he revealed himself to them in the breaking of the bread. Mm-hmm. So the Eucharist. Uh, and what, what happened? What do they do then? Do you remember? So Jesus disappears. Now it's nighttime. And what do these two 
formerly known as schmucks in the Greek. Don't they go to find the apostles? They go back to Jerusalem. Yeah. It's the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, it's, it's nighttime. Yeah. And they go back to, but they're so, so he prompts a conversion in them, um, which means turning around. Literally, they turn around and he prompts them to return to the apostolic church. So Cardinal uh, Archbishop uh, Timothy uh, Cardinal, or whatever. Cardinal Dolan uh, of New York City uh, a few years ago um, at a meeting in Rome walked through all the different things that Jesus does. He walks with them. He asks them questions, listens to them, asks them questions, challenges them, opens their minds to the scriptures, reveals himself to them in the Eucharist, the breaking of the bread, prompts their conversion and prompts their return to the church. Oh, that's like a roadmap. For evangelization, exactly. <laughs> See, you should be, you should be doing. Yeah, no, no. Um, you go ahead. <laughs> so this is something that you and I can. We we're, here. Here's the deal. The 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 responsibility, the charge, the mission that's been given to you and I, and every other other, other member of the church, is to to go make disciples, to help everybody that we encounter on a daily basis come close come closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. How does that sound? And, and like, what is that idea? How does it strike you? Terrifying, right, right. Because again, what does it con- what does it convey to you? We have to make disciples of everybody you encounter, Renee. How does that sound to you? So that means I have to talk about Jesus all the time and my faith and make people uncomfortable. That's what we normally that's what we that's what we <laughs> normally think. But yeah. in the road to Emmaus, we see that can be what we're called to do. But that's just one tool in a well-stocked toolbox that Jesus wants us to get comfortable with. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to pick up what I'm talking about and looking at these tools in light of evangelization in just a moment. But in case you're just tuning in, I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, and I'm visiting today with Renee Kranz um, about different ways that we are called to share the gospel by walking with others, accompanying others, hopefully leading leading them closer to Jesus. Okay. So... You and I are called to evangelize everyone we encounter on a daily basis, to draw them closer to Jesus. And most of us, again, hear that, as you said, and we think that means that I have to talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in fact, okay. Let, you, let, me, let me say something real quick yeah. before you go. I don't know if you know this about me, but that is like totally not my... Right. That is not my thing right. at all. I can write about it in the Bishop's Bulletin, yep. no problem, but... In real life, like I'm not running around in talking about life. Jesus in normal, in regular life when I'm not at work. Yes. I'm not running around talking about Jesus right. all the time. It's just not how I function right. in life. No, again, so, it might be that makes Jesus- Makes feel bad sometimes. Might, Jesus might want you to do that. He might. Might, might. But, but, uh, you and I both somehow came to work today. We, we either yeah. drove or biked or walked or whatever. I think we yeah. both drove, right? I definitely drove. <laughs> How did you evangelize everybody that you encountered on your way to work? I, I didn't honk at anybody this morning. <laughs> you didn't yell at anybody? I didn't. You well, need to know no, Jesus. No, I didn't. No. And, yeah. You failed. Well... But I also didn't run anybody off the road. I was a nice driver. <laughs> so I, I avoided killing anybody. So how, you're supposed to evangelize everybody you encounter. How are we going to do that? By our prayers. Okay. So at minimum, baseline, this is a way that no matter, so you and I drove to work. There are people who can't drive anywhere because they're homebound. Sure. Maybe maybe you're listening to this and um, and you're not able to get out of your house. Maybe because your health doesn't allow it or for whatever reason. Um, this was really true a few months ago. Um, it's still true maybe for some of our listeners, depending where they're at, um, lockdowns and so on because, mm-hmm. of the, because of the pandemic. But from our homes, we can pray for people. 
And if we are getting out and about, we should on a daily basis be praying for everybody that we encounter, even if it's driving by them on the way to somewhere, to work, to the grocery store, whatever. How would you do that? Is that just like a quick prayer? Is that you know, like th- a... Th- this is, that's a great question, and it's a very Catholic question. Yeah. So tell me exactly... Yeah. <laughs> what, what, Give me the words, words to say, please. And... <laughs> if they're not in my little blue book, I can't say them, Chris. <laughs> so there, what I... Tr- what I j- now, this, listen, to the irony here is this is something that I'm imperfect at. I do not do this on a daily basis. Right. So part of why I'm talking about it to you and the other listeners is so I can remind myself to do it. Yeah. But generally, when I do this... I just to make it a part of my um, my my daily prayer, I do at the beginning of the day, and that's when I that's when I pray for the people who I haven't yet, but so you, I will encounter. So you might say something like, uh, "I pray for everyone I encounter today." That then is that it? Uh, and for what I usually pray for them is just th- that God would give them the strength, the grace, okay. whatever graces they need to draw closer to you. Okay. So your own words, that's not a magic formula. Your own words. I'm going to say those words exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so what, that, what is that? But in your own words, and, and now some people might do this at the end of the day. Sure. Looking back. It doesn't matter. But praying for the people that you encounter. Okay. Even if it's literally the person you drive by and you didn't even see them. Mm-hmm. But you can pray for everybody that you drove by on the way to work or wherever you're going. Right. Um, so that's an easy way, but, but the whole, th- so what Jesus walks alongside. So evangelization happens most fruitfully and effectively through relationships that we have. Right. So the people who we, we know, um, whether we're their colleagues or family members, neighbors, friends, whatever, um, where we are, um, simply kind of there for them. Maybe some people could talk about the apostolate of the smile mm-hmm. where, uh, but, but even to my, my thing, we're even seeing people. And then my, this is especially actually true with strangers, apart from people we know. When you go to the grocery store, do you make eye contact with the clerk? I do. I and my husband actually chews me out because he says I'm too friendly. <laughs> now, Ryan, especially in Ryan, the drive-through this in, top, at a restaurant, but he's like, they're going to spit in your food. <laughs> I'm, this, I'm only going to say this once, Ryan, but this this time, Renee is right. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm going to take it. Most people, most adult Americans. Um, go throughout their work day. Um, fewer ha- fewer than half of us have a meaningful interaction with another human person. Mm-hmm. We might work with people, but it's not a meaningful interaction. So sometimes just the, frankly, the making eye contact with mm-hmm. somebody and smiling and having a pleasant tone of voice um, is doing our part to evangelize. Okay. Uh, again, I think Father Michael Gately talks about the apostolate of the smile. I'm evangelizing everywhere then. Yeah. <laughs> bring, in, bring in the joy, Renee. <laughs> So, okay, and I'll come back to why, wait, no. So um, praying for people, I kind of get that smiling at people's evangelization. Really, Chris? Yes, but I'll, I'll come back to why. Uh, so but people we have more of a, a, an interaction with, though, um, just being there, listening. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole cliche, you have one mouth but two ears. Uh, but are we, are we really attentive to the person that we're with? right. Um, so do we really hear where they're at so that if the Lord does call us to say something, we don't sound like an idiot. I think, I think that's why many times, um, Catholics are reluctant to talk about their faith because they maybe, first of all, they might not know their, their story well sure. enough, but they don't know the right thing to say. Or they're afraid that they won't know the right thing. Exactly. To say. And that's where, especially as you get to know people, um, and you become more familiar with where they're at, the context that it is easier to talk about their faith mm-hmm. because, Okay. 
if if they're an atheist, you're not going to presume they know God, right? Right. Or vice versa. Maybe they're really on their way already. Maybe they're really already a faithful Catholic. Mm -hmm. Then you're not going to talk to them as if they are an atheist either. Right. So you get to know them. uh, And how do you do that? By listening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so praying for sort of ears to hear those that you encounter and then asking good questions. I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes, especially when you're having a conversation about faith, we can feel like we're on, like, again, I don't know enough or whatever. That's what, what do you, you can always ask questions. Like, what do you mean by that? Or can you say more about that? So listening, asking good questions. Um, and the other things, if maybe if you know the Bible, well, you can talk about scripture, but skipping to sort of the end of the road to Emmaus, um, especially if they're Catholic, Inviting them to go to mass. That's a tough one. Say more about that. Well, I, I, there is someone in my family that I've, that um, I've asked that question of a few times and it hasn't gotten anywhere yet. Although yeah. I feel like I'm getting closer because <clears throat> um, it's not no. Right. It's more, well, I have to do this or well, you know, I think I feel like I'm getting closer. So, and that's where, Okay. It's just hard to figure out how do you do it without, I don't know, without sounding like you're, oh, you really need to go to mass. You really need, you really, you, you're a Catholic. You should be going to mass. It's a great question. And I think, you know, you don't know the answer. I don't know. Yes, you do. (laughs) You know what you don't want to sound like. So don't sound like that. But I guess I'm always worried that I'm going to sound like that to that person anyway. That they're going to take it that way, that's regardless fair. of that's how fair. I say that, it. That's a great way. So that's where I'm. So um, we should always be praying, yeah. Particularly for the for the the grace to say the right words when right. the time presents itself, right? And trusting in the Holy Spirit that He'll lead me. This is, you know, in order for us to be effective, fruitful missionary disciples, we need to be praying on a daily basis. This is one reason why. Mm-hmm. So that when we are called to, hey, so th- this is, hey, um, you want to go to the mass with me tomorrow? I can you know, meet you there, pick you up if you like. They're not going to, most people will not bite your head off. Right. That seems very uh, non-threatening. Exactly. Yeah. Just, hey, would you like to go? And and in that, there's no tone of, well, you really know. You haven't been to mass for like six months. You need to be going. (laughs) There's no tone like that at all. Right. right? It's just a simple invitation. Um, Now, this relates to sort of to me to a larger principle of, of evangelizing by accompanying people, walking with them. You have to be patient and just do your part. Right. Right. So, so you said you, you're making progress, but maybe, maybe what the Lord wants you to do with this family member in their life is just to do what you've done. Maybe somebody else is going to be the one who asked them right. and they're going to say yes. And they're going to be like, wow, that was awesome. And they'll have had no idea that you've asked a handful of times already. Yep. And you have already, in fact, prepared the soil, if you will. You've yep. been sowing the seed and now maybe somebody else gets to harvest. So this is to harvest it. This is, I think, one important thing about it. I think another sort of myth we have about um, how to evangelize people is that it, it, it's like, I've got to start with them at the very beginning and see them all the way right. through the end. And that's not no. the case. It might be just a small part of it. Exactly. You yeah. might be, again, the person I drive by on the road, the road by on the road. Drive by on the road. The person I, I drove by on my way to work today, <laughs> I the vast majority of those probably hundreds of people, I will probably not see again. Right. But my interaction, quote unquote, my praying for them might be the, the thing that is essential for them to take the next step. 
Right. Similarly, this, the little, the asking that you've done, maybe you're not going to be the one who gets to bear the fruit Mm -hmm. of that, that work that you've done, but somebody else will. And that's the point. It's not that I'm the savior. Jesus is the savior. I'm just doing my little part. And we have to make sure we're okay with that. Exactly. Yeah. So we've just got a couple minutes left here. Um, So I just just want to pause. So questions on anything that we've talked about so far? Um, No, there is one. One thing you talked about um, asking questions, and and there was there was one thing that I had heard. I can't remember where I heard this, but that we should also pray for people to ask us mm. questions about the faith. Yep. And I had started doing that, and all of a sudden, people were asking me <laughs> questions. It was so bizarre answered. and kind of freaked me out a little right. bit. But that actually works, and that's one of the best ways for it to happen is for them to ask you a question. Right. You might not be prepared, and that's okay. Yep. Do the best you can. And that's why your prayer, just come Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if most people, uh, many people aren't yet. I mean, this has taken me years to get to the point where in those moments, I'm, all right, Lord, give me the words in my head. Right. I'll say that to him. Um, but that's to me the best thing to do because you want his words to speak through you, yeah. not yours. But if you fumble it, I mean, practice makes perfect. You know, we talk about practicing the faith, right? Mm-hmm. Pra- we practice the faith. You ever think about like, wait. Why do we practice? Why do doctors practice that? Does does your doctor practice on you? Right? I mean, <laughs> yes, actually. That's, that's also terrifying. Exactly. But. <laughs> but there's a reality or there's a truth to practice makes perfect. Don't be afraid to screw it up. I and mean, he will give us everything that we need to do what he wants us to do. Right. Okay. So accompaniment, walking with people. Again, the idea here is that all these different ways, um, asking questions, being there for people, a shoulder to cry on, there are different tools that the Lord wants us to be familiar with using so that, especially with somebody who I know, I can pull out the right tool at the right time, right? Okay. So if it's time for for to, to hammer the nail, I don't want to pull out the saw because that's not going to work. What do you do with the saw? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, go ahead. You, you, I, you, Build Squirrel. <laughs> um, in the metaphor of this, I have no yes, idea. Yes. Okay. So which but ones? Yeah. Which one of these do you think? Just so I'm. You're again. You're you're here as a listener. Um, which one of these things do you think you could most easily implement today? Um, probably asking more questions. I think I I probably could do more of that. Like I said, my husband thinks I'm way too friendly to to cashiers and stuff, right? but. But yeah, I think I think the asking questions for me would be a good way to do that because I I don't like I don't ask a lot of questions unless I really really need to know something. Right, right. It, um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I don't really for, know what kind of questions though, so we might have to talk about that again. Okay, so maybe we'll, we'll do a follow yeah. up talking about this. But the other thing too, again, maybe maybe for you, you're listening. Remember, praying for people yeah. is a super easy yeah. thing to do. Definitely uh, need to do more of that, and then becoming more familiar with um, the Bible, so that mm-hmm. maybe you can. And usually, that's going to be more in the context of a Bible study. But what I have found actually, the more you're reading the Bible, praying with the Bible on your own. Um, sometimes stories from scripture. So you knew the the road to a mass story mm-hmm. very well. You've obviously heard it or read it many times. And sometimes um, there's something from those stories that can be really helpful for somebody else to hear. So it may not be sort of leading a study. It might be just sort of opening something up for somebody else to, to know and understand. Does right. that make sense? Yep. Yeah. It does. Okay, so there's all sorts. The the point here, folks, is that there's all sorts of ways whereby in your ordinary life you can help people 
draw closer to Jesus. Maybe you're just a little part. Maybe you're a bigger part of the life. Maybe it's, maybe it's the, the, the grocery store checkout clerk. Maybe it's your spouse. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, we're all called to do our part to help others draw closer to Jesus Christ. And here, are, those are some a little bit of ideas on how you can do that. Renee, thanks for helping me out Thank today. Thank you. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for, for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>